You're listening to the Muslims Down Under podcast. In this podcast, we reflect on topics related to Islam and Muslims, those that are often ignored or misinterpreted. Open your mind to understand what unites us and become mates with Muslims. Experience discrimination, and contemporary and relevant topics. Welcome back to another episode of the Muslims Down Under podcast. I am your host, Sana, and I'm an associate editor with the Muslims Down Under. Today, unfortunately, marks the end of this series. This episode will conclude the series where we have been discussing contemporary issues all in the light of Islam. If you've been listening from the beginning, we've been touching on topics related to things like the pursuit of happiness and looking at mental health in light of the uh, society in which we live in. Um, And we've also spoken about women's rights in Islam. Islam and what the true teachings of Islam actually are. Before we get into today's topic or today's episode, don't forget that you can keep in touch with us through our website and you can also sign up for newsletters to find out more uh, about Muslims Down Under in general, but also about information regarding our next series. On to today's episode. Uh, today we have the wonderful Sabah Junood, who is also an associate editor with Muslims Down Under. And for once, we're actually filming or recording this uh, from the same state. We're both in in Sydney at the moment. Uh, welcome back, Sabah. Peace be upon you. And thank you for taking the time to join me today. Peace be upon you, Sana, and thank you for having me today. So I guess straight into the episode then, um, what better way to actually bring this series to a close than discussing the topic of spirituality and not just what it is, but actually how religion itself plays an ever important role in spirituality and what its relevance is in our modern day society. So to start with, the first question is, is quite basic, but what is spirituality? So it does seem that the concept of spirituality is quite basic. However, as we get into it, you'll understand that there are many facets to this. Uh, So let's start with understanding that spirituality is having a connection with something that's bigger than you or me, or at least it's trying to connect with something that's larger than life. And for many people, this is about trying to find meaning and purpose in your life or in their life. And and often people aspire to achieve something more from their lives than the routines that they've developed over years, over the years. And this can be through their careers or as scientists, they're trying to find meaning in their research. Or for some people, they find that meaning through meditation or traveling even. And so for it means different things for different people. But generally speaking, spirituality is a broad concept with room for many alternative perspectives. And it includes a sense of connection to something which is bigger than ourselves. And this typically involves a search for meaning in life. And it is a universal human experience, something that touches us all. And that seems easy enough to understand, but often we associate spirituality with religion. So What purpose does religion have when it comes to spirituality? If we study the original scriptures of any religion, you'll find that the fundamental objective of religion is to establish a connection with God. But we see through general observation that no matter what an individual does to find meaning in life, they still it's still like there's something missing and people still feel like they can't find meaning in life. And we've discussed this in the pursuit for happiness in our very first episode of this podcast series. 
uh, which our listeners can find on our website if that's something that interests them. But coming back to the role of religion, religion explains that the connection which we are constantly craving for and searching for in our lives is actually a connection with our creator. The promised Messiah, the founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, His Holiness Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed, he explains that this is something that exists naturally within the nature of man. And he says, and I quote, It is the attraction which the true creator has implanted in the nature of man. The same attraction comes into play whenever a person feels love for another. It is a reflection of the attraction that is inherent in man's nature towards God, as if he is in search of something that he misses, the name of which he has forgotten and which he seeks to find in one thing or another which he takes up from time to time. A person's love of wealth or offspring or wife or his soul being attracted towards a musical voice are all indicators or indications of his search for the true beloved. As man cannot behold with his physical eyes the imperceptible being who is latent like the quality of fire in everyone but is hidden, nor can he discover him through the mere exercise of imperfect reason. He has been misled grievously in his search and he has mistakenly assigned his position to others. And we've also discussed this topic as well in our podcast called Finding Love in the 21st Century where we discuss this concept in detail. So returning to the question at hand, religion provides us with a way to establish that meaningful relationship with God, which then gives us meaning and purpose in life. Okay, but why do people then consider themselves spiritual, but not religious? Because we do hear a lot of people saying, you know, I'm I'm spiritually inclined or I do have um, understandings of the spiritual world, but they generally don't associate with a religion. So the answer to this question, simply put, is that there are many organized religions which are religions, but they are not spiritual. And this has caused people to move away from religion in the pure form. These religions teach people to just ritualistically follow their teachings. And when people do this, these actions don't really impact their lives in that meaningful way that they're searching for. There is no uh, spirituality because these teachings don't truly enable you to be able to connect with God. Also, people don't like the idea of God that they have inherited from their parents, you know, from generations before, because again, religion has been divorced from spirituality. Spirituality should be a true two-way connection with God. In this regard, the Holy Quran has repeatedly questioned you not to just follow religion by inheriting it from your forefathers. We should not believe in anything unless we have sound reason to believe in it. Without any sound reasoning for believing, belief is or it becomes a mere fantasy and it cannot stand the test of time. As rational beings, we do not like doing things without knowing how it can benefit us. So the same should be true when it comes to our search in religion or through religion. So when people aren't taught or they don't understand the underlying wisdom in the teachings of religion, they end up leaving that religion because they are unable to establish a connection with God. And due to this absence of spirituality in their religion, this is the end product. So in a nutshell, 
Religion is a prescriptive practice which teaches us how to practically develop our spirituality, so our connection with God. It is, in a way, a vessel which contains the water of spirituality. So my next question is, how does Islam uh, specifically describe spirituality? So in Islam, spirituality is described as having a two-way connection with God. And there is this wonderful quote from the promised Messiah, the founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, where he gives an example and explains that religion is like a shell and spirituality, that is a connection with God, is the kernel. He says that if you call yourself a Muslim without acting upon the true teachings of Islam, you will be just like a shell without the kernel. And any wise man should not be happy with just being a shell. The aim should be to attain the kernel and not just the shell. Believing alone means nothing unless it is accompanied by action. So many people avoid religion because they feel that it's uh, restrictive. And we know that anything in life, with anything that you want to accomplish, you have to be ready to do the work to achieve that end goal. But people want that end goal without putting in the work. You know, whereas in even in worldly terms, this is nonsensical. We know, you know, you, you want a better job, you need to work your way up and you need to work hard. Um, and this is the same when it comes to our spirituality. And, you know, knowledge is freedom from ignorance, but knowledge cannot be attained without efforts. Islam also teaches us that our reasoning is not sufficient enough to attain God and it presents the most comprehensive guidance on how to develop one's spirituality based on revelation which is unadulterated and until God affirms his existence through revelation it is not possible for us to establish a connection with him. Okay so moving along we've discussed that spirituality is having a meaningful responsive connection with God. So how can we achieve this spirituality? Okay, so this is something that has many levels to it. You could say it's like a tiered um, progression to achieve spirituality. And if we look at spirituality, it, it comes after you can rationally understand religion because in a nutshell, spirituality is nurtured by morals done at the correct place and time purely for the sake of God. And so it's important to be able to rationally follow a religion before understanding how it can improve one's spirituality. And Islam teaches that all natural conditions correspond with a moral quality. And according to Islam, actions can only be considered moral when they're done at the proper place and time, as I mentioned earlier, as otherwise they would be considered only a natural condition. And to understand this a bit more simply, the promised Messiah has explained, and I quote, this is a man's natural state, so long as he is not guided by reason and understanding, but follows his natural bent in eating, drinking, sleeping, waking, anger and provocation like the animals. When a person is guided by reason and understanding and brings his natural state under control and regulates it in a proper manner, that state ceases to be his natural state and is called his moral state, end quote. Islam teaches us how to reform our natural conditions into elementary morals and then into higher morals, uh, higher moral qualities. And all of this is what develops our spirituality and induces a spiritual state. 
And eventually, when we learn how to use every moral quality in its proper place and time and on its proper occasion, we are eventually able to achieve spirituality when all our actions are carried out purely for the sake of God and not for our own egotistical pursuits, according to the teachings of Islam. So to put uh, put things in context regarding, you know, how we as individuals can achieve spirituality. Let's take an example of how a natural condition develops into a moral quality. Um, When it's done at its proper occasion, which in turn induces a spiritual state, when it's done purely for the sake of God. So for example, looking at the natural condition of forgiveness. Now, the natural condition of forgiveness can be seen in a child when it is rebuked or scolded by its parents, um, you know, obviously when it's, it's getting in trouble and the child forgets about the pain felt whilst being scolded within maybe a few hours and then, you know, will continue to act as if nothing has happened. And we, we would have all seen this in our um, respective lives as well, as well. This is how the natural condition of forgiveness is manifested. So we forget about our grievance over time and often when we're children it happens uh a lot faster than when we're um, adults. In contrast to this, according to Islam, forgiveness becomes um, a moral condition and that's when it's exercised at the appropriate occasion, which is actually regulated by our own intellect. So Islam teaches that our objective should be to bring about reformation. If forgiveness results in the perpetrator feeling ashamed and reforming themselves, then forgiveness should be adopted. But if forgiveness results in further emboldening um, the perpetrator, then it would be immoral to forgive and seeking justice and retribution through the authorities is, you know, the moral thing that should be done. And this is what would result in that individual learning the lesson and stopping, resulting in them stopping the thing that it is that is, you know, um, not right. While some religions might teach extreme compassion on the one hand or vengeance on the other, Islam advocates and provides for a balanced approach. And the promised Messiah, may peace be upon him, also explains that, and and this is a quote here, that only that habit which seeks to establish itself in the middle promotes a high moral quality. To recognize the proper place and occasion is itself a middle. For instance, if a farmer does his sowing too early or too late, he departs from the middle. Virtue and truth and wisdom are the middle, and the middle is appropriateness. In other words, truth is always in the middle of two opposing falsehoods. There is no doubt that watchfulness for the proper occasion keeps a person in the middle. Keeping to the middle in relation to God means that in expounding divine attributes, one should not lean towards negating divine attributes nor describe God as resembling material things. Muslims have been directed to keep to the middle. Thus blessed are those who proceed along the middle. And the promised Messiah has also explained that according to the Holy Quran, there is a deep connection with our physical movement and the movement of our spirit. Now, the physical forms induce that spiritual state. And according to the Holy Quran, the natural state of man has a very strong relationship with the moral and spiritual states, so much so that even a person's manner of eating and drinking affects his moral and spiritual states. And that is why the Holy Quran has laid such emphasis and stress on physical cleanliness and postures and their regulation in relation to all worship and their inner purity and spiritual humility. So true spirituality is a state of existence when man is at peace with himself and is in perfect harmony with his creator. And the Holy Quran explains this in the verse, O soul at rest that has found comfort in God, return to your Lord. You, well 
are well pleased with him, and he is well pleased with you. Now join my chosen servants and enter into my garden. Chapter 89, verse 28 to 31. In this spiritual state, one starts experiencing comfort in the connection that has been developed with God, and all of one's satisfactions and pleasures are centered around pleasing God. And in this condition, a person enjoys a heavenly life right here in this world, while other people look forward to paradise and thereafter. And a man's spiritual condition can reflect a sense of experiencing heaven or hell in this very world. So in a sense, heaven and hell are actually uh, manifested upon us in this very world based upon our levels of spirituality. And the hereafter is only a reflection of our spiritual condition. And so to sum this up, spirituality can be achieved through treading faithfully upon the ways of God and through being wholly devoted to God alone. And wow, that is a lot to take in. But in the short time that we've had today, we have discussed this topic quite at length. However, it is still a very vast and comprehensive topic. So we can understand if there's still things that might you might not um, completely understand yet or have a total grasp of. So I do recommend that our listeners visit trueislam.com.au where you can actually find short videos that are called Lessons on True Islam. And they actually explain these concepts of spirituality in detail and they're written in um, the philosophy of the teachings of Islam by the promised Messiah. And so they make reference to this book and they explain uh, these concepts of spirituality very well. So I would definitely recommend you have a listen to those. Also, as I said at the beginning, this is the last episode for this series, but we will be having a new series that will be released soon. And if you have any questions, any topics or anything uh, that you would like us to discuss, please do let us know. You can do so through the Muslims Down Under website, which is muslimsdownunder.com, or you can even connect with us on our various social media platforms. Muslims Down Under is active on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and you can find us at Muslims Down Under. We also have a Telegram page, which is really easy to communicate through. So if you do have any questions or any topics that you would like us to discuss, please just put it in there. But also if you do just have questions that aren't related to any uh, podcast topics, but you'd like further clarity on, uh, definitely let us know and someone will get back to you soon. That's all that we have time for today. Uh, Until next time, peace be upon you all. And we hope that you join us in the next episode of the Muslims Down Under podcast.